Welcome to day 158 of Shaped by the Word. We're coming to the end of the tragic story of of Saul, and sadly enough, not only are we coming to the end of the tragic story of Saul, we we also see the demise of uh, you know someone we've grown to uh, love through our journey through First mm-hmm. Samuel, and that is Jonathan as well. Mm-hmm. And so we come to the end of First uh, Samuel. We're going to the final chapter. Uh, we're in chapter 21. Uh, before we read, let me uh, let me offer this moment to the Lord, Heavenly Father. We thank you for the wonderful gift you have given us in your Word. We thank you that you have uh, given us our your heart, and it has your very breath in it, your Spirit working in and through your Word uh, to apply it to our lives, to help us see who you are, to know who we are, and, and to pursue you and turn our affections towards you. May you do that today as as we read. Thank you that every time your people gather together, you are present with us. And Father, we honor your presence now. Mm-hmm. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Final chapter in the First Samuel, First Samuel 31. Now the Philistines fought against Israel. The Israelites fled before them, and many fell dead on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines were in hot pursuit of Saul and his sons, and they killed his sons Jonathan, Amminadab, and Malchishua. Fighting grew fierce around Saul, and when the archers overtook him, they wounded him critically. Saul said to his armor-bearer, Draw your sword and, and run me through, or these uncircumcised fellows will come and run me through, and they will abuse me. But his armor-bearer was terrified and would not do it, so Saul took his own life and his own sword and fell on it. When the armor-bearer saw what Saul was dead, he too fell on his sword, and he died with him. So Saul and his three sons and his armor-bearer and all his men died together that same day. When the Israelites along the valley and those across the Jordan saw that the Israelite army uh, had fled and that Saul and his sons had died, they abandoned their towns and fled, and the Philistines came and occupied them. The next day, when the Philistines came to strip the dead, they found Saul and his three sons fallen on Mount Gilboa. They cut off his head and stripped off his armor, and they sent messengers through the land of the Philistines to proclaim the news in the temple of their idols and among their people. They put his armor in the temple of the Asteros and fastened his body to the wall at Bethshan. Uh, when the people of Jabesh Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their valiant men marched through the night to Bethshan. They took down the bodies of Saul and his sons from the wall of Bethshan and went to Jabesh, where they burned them. Then they took their bones and buried them under a tamarisk tree at Jabesh, and they fasted seven days. We move from there to Second Samuel, a book that'll talk about uh, the ascendancy of David, but we move especially in chapter 1 to verse 17 to David's lament when he hears the news of the death of his good friend uh, Jonathan, but not only that of Saul. Verse 17, God t- uh, David took up this lament concerning Saul and his son Jonathan, and he ordered that the people of Judah be taught this lament of the bow that is written in the book of Jashar. <coughs> A gazelle lies slain on your heights, Israel, how the mighty have fallen. Tell it not in Gath, proclaim it not in the streets of Ashkelon, let the daughters of lest the daughters of Philistines be glad, lest the daughters of uncircumcised rejoice. Mountains of Gilboa may you never neither have dew nor rain, may no showers fall on your terraced fields. For there the shield of the mighty was despised, the shield of saw, no longer rubbed with oil. From the blood of the slain, from the flesh of the mighty, the bows of Jonathan did not turn back. The sword of Saul did not return unsatisfied. Saul and Jonathan, in life they were loved and admired in death. They were not parted. 
They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. Daughter of Israel, weep for Saul, who clothed you in scarlet and finery, who adorned your garments with ornaments of gold. How the mighty have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies slain on your heights. I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful than that of women. How the mighty have fallen. The weapons of war have perished. Of course, when you uh, move to the Old Testament and Jesus you know, tells you to uh, speak well of those who you know, spitefully speak against you, the word he uses is the Greek word eulogia, uh, which is the word from which we get our word eulogy. And of course, this lament you know, is a perfect example of that. And David not only writes it, but uh, David has the people of Israel learn it. And while there are many harsh things that he could have said about Saul, mm-hmm. uh, he remembers him at his very best. And he remembers him for the good he has done rather uh, than for the bad uh, that his life uh, represented. But what a you know tragic moment in the life of Israel as they fall to the Philistines and then they run from the Philistines and the Philistines come and occupy the towns you know, that God had given, you know, that God had given to them. So it is a sad moment as judgment not only falls on Saul, uh, but on his sons and uh, on the nation of Israel uh, as a whole. It's a tragic way for the uh, the anointed. I mean, it's, we, enter, we I guess we began for Samuel and, you know, the people are looking for a king, you know, and God mm-hmm. gives them Saul and, and you just... It seems like there's so much excitement from the people of God, and yet, because we're reading and the narrator's letting us know that w- this is not, you know, as exciting as we think it's going to be, you get to the end of First Samuel, and it's it's just tragic, and, and you're beginning to, it's almost like the hopes of Israel have also died with Saul in this moment, you know? Yeah, the only, the, you know, the only bright spot, and of course this is, you know, kind of the opposite of what we... You know, found at the end of Judges is you see a hero- heroic moment in you know, yeah. the men's of Jabesh Gilead as they, mm-hmm. uh, they've taken the body of you know, Saul, they've stripped him of his armor, they've cut off his head, and uh, mm-hmm. they've just kind of flayed their bodies and pinned them you know, to a wall. And, and, of course, if you look back in, in, in the law, and this may have well been true of other nations as well, that this is in order to defile the body, cursed is everyone who has flayed out. Uh, on a tree mm-hmm. and of course uh, they're flayed out on this wall and, and of course that reminds us mm-hmm. uh, of the desecration done to our, our Lord and yeah. Jesus mm-hmm. so he was pierced for our iniquity and bruised you know for us and, and uh, stripped of his clothes and and hung on a tree and Paul mm-hmm. you know, reminds us of the moment in the law for his, you know, the curse uh, of our sin fell on him for it is written cursed is everyone who is hung upon a tree mm-hmm. so you see uh, you see the display of that and you see uh, the people of Jabesh Gilead ask, acting for his honor mm-hmm. and uh, the body was you know far too desecrated to you know bury in any meaningful way so they burn it and they put it under a tamarisk tree and of course tamarisk tree is what mm-hmm. had a symbol of oh I don't know the tree of life, life yeah. oh, okay. mm-hmm. and the promise of God uh, you know to restore life mm-hmm. and you knew that this <laughs> caught you by surprise. <laughs> I was like, what? "Oh yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, tamarisk. that." Tamarisk. I remember that. Tamarisk. Yeah. What is it? A spice you use in a you know, <laughs> tamarisk? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we saw you know at the start of you know for Sam, the people are so excited about Saul and then putting their hopes in him, and this is the guy, and 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 then yet we see him meet his demise here at the end, which 
you know, we've spoken about it a little bit, but it's always just kind of that sober reminder of like, man, that to, to put your hope in, in, in just a man is is going to eventually fail you at a certain point. But we do have the hope of, of the one man that came that will not disappoint us when we put our hope in him. And and though he did die, he, he rose to life um, as, as the true king. And so uh, where Saul does meet his his end, um, there is one that lives forever and, and is, is the better king. And so just nice thinking about that. You know, we're trying to look at some of the themes that run through Scripture, and, and a king and kingdom is a big part of that. And uh, we, we see that ultimately fulfilled in Jesus. I do think it's ironic, you know, as we began this book, the people ask for a king so that they'll be like, all, you know, every mm-hmm. other nation. Mm-hmm. And yet when we kind of close out this chapter of Saul's life, they are indeed like every other nation, you know, mm-hmm. but here again, they find themselves, you know, pillaged by the Philistines. The Philistines have just kind of done whatever they want with them. I mean, Philistines are stripping the dead. They find Saul, they put him to death. Philist- the Philistines came and occupied them. I mean, it's how cyclical. I mean, we still, again, are the people of God find themselves. No, it's just, you're right, as ugly as, you know, the judges were, we're going to find the uh, the monarchy, you know, as well. Because anytime, uh, you know, and of course, part of, you know, part of their desire is, you know, give us a king like every other nation to go out and fight our battles for us. And what they should have realized from God's promises to them that the Lord is the one that fights their battles. Mm-hmm. And, and when, uh, the blessing of the Lord has departed. There is no king, you know, that can stand in the gap. And there is no king that, on his own power, can bring about for the people of Israel what God has promised to give to the people of Israel. And, and you, so you see, not only reversal, <clears throat> you know, of Saul's fortunes uh, to be dishonored and, and and to be desecrated, but the reversal of Israel's fortunes because they've looked to an earthly king rather than looking, you know, to their king. Mm-hmm. Father, you were good. We thank you that we we have a king who has been victorious in battle mm-hmm. and whose victories are ours. We thank you that you have conquered sin and death and are taken our shame and nailed it to the cross. And you have won a decisive victory over everything that opposes us, and, and including our own inclinations. We thank you that you won a victory over the enemy of our souls and that you have rendered him uh, ineffective in our life and one day forever cast him away. We thank you, Father, that uh, you have uh, for us reversed the curse by taking a curse on yourself. You're a good and holy God, and we thank you for all your gifts. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.